We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power, experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com. as the devil is trying to steal it mm-hmm. in every way in every direction so we have to be strong enough to stand we have to be strong enough to fight and we have to, you have to be strong enough to not worry about what people think about you because if you worry about what people think about you you'll never be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ okay let's talk about Jude most scholars agree that Jude, the Jude, okay, there's three Judes and three James. So I'm going to try to break this down in case anyone's interested, okay? <laughs> Which I am. So y'all are going to hear what I'm interested in. Yes. Okay. The, the Jude that wrote the epistle, this is what most scholars believe, was one of the sons of Joseph and Mary, and that's a younger brother of Jesus. Okay, now they get all into this stepbrother stuff. Okay, well, he's a younger brother of Joseph and Mary. Mary was still alive. So, you know, we know that Jesus, the father of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. So I just call him the younger brother of Jesus. Okay? If so, his brother was James the Just, who was the brother of Jesus and the pastor and leader of the Jerusalem church. Do we also consider 
He is the Apostle Jude, one of the twelve. In Matthew, the Apostle Jude is called Babaeus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Matthew 10.3. In the Gospel of Mark, he is called Thaddeus, Mark 3.18. And Luke refers to him as Judas. The word for Judas and Jude, Judas is the Greek um, translation of Jude. Luke refers to him as Judas, the son, one, trans, uh, one translation says son, I think it's King James, whichever one you're looking at, and one says brother of James. The word means the same, so different translations say different things. And this would be James the Great. Now we're talking about two different Judes here. Jude the brother of Jesus, and Jude the Apostle. Okay, so I'm talking about Jude the Apostle here. The brother of James the Great. Jude the Apostle would then be the grandson of Zebedee. So this would indicate the epistle was written by the brother of Jesus. Let me give you the scripture. Y'all following Beth's following me. Jude 1 through 2. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Passion translation. From Judah, a loving servant of Jesus, the anointed one and brother of James. I'm writing to the chosen ones who are wrapped in the love of Father. Father God kept and guarded for Jesus the Messiah. May God's mercy, peace, and love cascade over you. I want to point out that at least two or three times in this short epistle, Jude speaks of the keeping power and being kept in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I have prayed that over myself and my family ever since I could. Being able to talk to keep and the church to keep us under the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That yes. even if Satan tries to take us off course, that the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ will take us back on course. Okay, so now let's look at these three Jameses. Okay, the Apostle James was the elder brother of John the Beloved, the Apostle John. With John and their father Zebedee, he plied his trade as a fisherman in the Sea of Galilee. He is one of the three men who appear to comprise the inner circle of the apostles, Peter, James, and John. James and John were given the surname Sons of Thunder. That is the Apostle James, okay, one of the twelve. Another Apostle James, two apostles by the name of James. The Apostle James the Less was the son of Alphaeus, who was called Less, but that really means younger. James the Younger. There's very little written about him. We know very little. All we do know about James the Younger is that he was a brother to Matthew. Joseph, he was, and Joseph an early Christian, and Salome an unknown woman. Okay, now 
we're going to go to James, the brother of Jesus. Y'all don't need this sorted out? I do. <laughs> okay, now let's go to James, the brother of Jesus. Was not named as one of the twelve apostles, but was known as a very just and righteous man. And he's known as James the Just through history and tradition and writings about him. Um, Matthew 13, 55. Is this not the carpenter's son, speaking of Jesus? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James, uh, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? So, scholars who know a lot more than me believe that it was the brother of Jesus who wrote the epistle of Jude, not the apostle Jude. So the obvious conclusion <coughs> is the epistle of Jude was written by Christ's brother, Judas. Judas was a common Aramaic name during the time of Jesus. There were two apostles by that name, as well as the brother of Jesus. So there are three people in the, walk, in the history of Jesus by the name of Jude. Judas, Jude, the apostle, okay, the apostle Judas, the apostle Jude, and the brother of Jesus. Y'all got all that? Got that. Yes. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> and there were three Jameses that were involved. And they were all interrelated, somehow or other, it seems, but not all of them, but there was certainly some interrelation there. I needed that distinction. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, how my mind works. Okay, so the purpose of the letter, and it was written, and I didn't write down the date it was written, but it was written evidently sometime after Christ died, probably 40, 50 years maybe after Christ died. The purpose was to counter certain heresies which were arising inside the churches, which we had went through the same thing with 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. The same thing John was dealing with, with the heresies that were arising. Um, the false teachings were an antinomian in character. Antinomianism uh, relating to the view that Christians are released by grace to form the obligation uh, of observing the moral law. That because of grace, they do not have to just observe the moral law. Now, we got a lot of that going on today. It has a name. <laughs> <laughs> it has a name. Okay, we're not hearing that thrown around very much today. But there's a lot of teaching in large churches. Just what just if it feels good, do it. I think the psychiatrist of the 50s, was it the 50s or the 60s? Uh, interjected that into our social culture. If it feels good, do it. It's under grace. Mm. I'm okay. You're okay. Mm. We're all okay. <laughs> We're all okay. Hallelujah. Okay, well, it has a name. Antinomianism. Mm. Antinomianism. I suppose out of nominal. I don't know. Okay, let me get back here. I'm giving you all kinds of information today that y'all may not know. Well, <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, 
But this is something that we need to know what we're dealing with. Okay, let's put it this way. The name is a power principality. Okay. That's the difference. The name is a demonic power principality. So when we're dealing with that doctrine, that grace uh, covers all moral failure, or that grace gives you the license to commit all moral failure, then you're dealing with a demon who has that name. So we're exposing another demon, power and principality here. Um, the, this pers persuasion viewed all matter as evil and everything of spiritual nature as good. Okay, whether it was, you know, demons or, or whatever. There, they therefore, now listen to this, cultivated their own spiritual lives while allowing their flesh to do just as it liked, with the result that they were guilty of blatant immorality of all kinds. And this is what was going on in the church when Jude wrote this letter. Mm -hmm. This is what was trying to take over Christianity when Jude wrote this letter. You see how we don't hear much preaching out of this book. <laughs> <laughs> the false teachers had perverted the message of grace and the license Jude carries the message there is a truth worth fighting for. This church believes that. Y'all are all here because that's where you are. It's not only written to you as one who loves the truth, it's also entrusted to you to preserve, defend, contend, and struggle for the truth. Sunday I preached a heavy message that we had a visitation of an angel. The angel of fire visited us. And then there was an exhortation. The Spirit of God hit JT. And JT stood up under the power of the Holy Spirit and began to exhort. That was the Spirit. That was the gift. That was exhortation in our midst. Okay. And when I delivered that message Sunday, I know there was a lot of scripture. I didn't do all 290 verses, just so y'all know. But I saved I'll, it all so we could read it later. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the angels. But see, as ministers of the gospel, we have to teach the word. And we have to preserve. And we have to defend. And we have to contend. And we have to struggle for the truth. And our, our the pastors and Bible teachers and there was a time when there was a lot of Bible teachers, but then they got passe. And but Bible teachers, we have to do that. I laid that out Sunday morning, and I said, this is what the Word of God says concerning the ministry of angels. If you are scared because people have put fear in you to interact with angels, but you're getting the demon's power Ooh. because you're afraid of the angels. Okay, so what was I doing? I was preserving, defending, contending, and struggling for the truth to be established. And I said that Sunday morning. His warning to preserve in both believing in our faith and living out our faith is timeless. 
for the church has always had to contend with false teachers who have tried to pervert the message of God's grace and distort the nature of our salvation. Okay, why would theologians, our teachers, not want the church to have the ministry of angels operating in their midst or want them to have the knowledge of this ministry? Because they don't have the faith to believe it. Or they're afraid of it. They're afraid of the demons that they may be dealing with and they're afraid to, because they see if you haven't overcome, you still got a demon you haven't overcome. Make it plain. That's good. <laughs> now Jude describes himself in a truly humble way, recognizing himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. He says James is his brother, but he recognizes that Jesus Christ is divinity, and he is his servant. <clears throat> I looked the word servant up because it could have meant apostle, but it just it meant one who was willing to become of no reputation, one who is willing to lay down their life to serve another, which is what we do when we're called into the ministry and we're sent into the ministry by God. You're no longer you. All these people yeah. trying to build their own name and build their own reputation, uh, they have not yet become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you become a servant, there is no longer anything about you. Okay. But he and it was he um, he was insignificant in comparison with his brother James. He does not name those to whom he wrote. He described them as called, loved, and kept. And I know there's probably not a lot of teaching on the keeping power of the law of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I just want you to know I'm under it. And I have put my family under it. This is a reference to a Christian's past, present, and future. His wish for them is that God's mercy, peace, and love may be theirs in increasing measure. Verses 3 through 4. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude wanted to write to believers about our amazing salvation. We all want to talk about our amazing salvation. But if we're true to the word of God, we, the, 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 the word of God is a sword and it's a double-edged sword. It's the blessing of the sword, but it's also the sword cuts in the other direction. But the faith is in danger. By faith, he means the whole body of the truth of the gospel. Faithful Christians must always defend these truths vigorously against dilution or perversion. You will always have to do that as long as you're walking on this earth. People will come to you and they will challenge your faith in what you believe, according to the cosmos 
according to the intellect and knowledge of the cosmos, they will challenge your faith. So you're going to always have to uh, defend these truths. So you better know them. The chief enemies of the truth from the earliest days of the church were men who wormed their way in, um, though inwardly opposed to the gospel and all it implied, being destined for condemnation, not salvation. I heard this morning this woman, Omar, okay, that when she ran for office, uh, she was just so glad to get to America so because she heard about uh, democracy. But when she got she, she got in there, she hates America and she hates Israel. Ooh. Okay, so she lied to get in there. That's what they're talking about. They wormed their way in. She wormed her way in. I, th I think, who voted for this woman in America? And of course, I know she's come from a Muslim uh, community there. But, but they wormed their way in and they're inwardly opposed to the gospel. And uh, they don't hang around us too often. This church is swift. Doesn't take y'all long to discern what people's motives are and what their ambitions are and, and what they're after. Such false brethren were characterized by morality. Hello. We got a lot of immorality in the church. I can go to some of these big meetings out there. <laughs> Lord help me, Jesus. You know, let me go save some of these people. And then maybe go to church every Sunday. Oh, yeah. But they have no separation in their life from immorality. Jude regards such an attitude as equivalent to a denial of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you what the Word of God said. Jude 5 through 7. I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt after war, afterward, destroyed them that believed not. So why is he telling them that? If God, if God would do that for Israel and destroy them that would not obey him and follow him and believe his word and believe him after he's delivered them, after he's fed them, after he's brought them through the wilderness and into the promised land, if they would not believe them and he still destroyed them. We're on the same course. We're on the same course. The angels who kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he has reserved an ever everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Okay, so these demonic angels already know what's going to happen to them. These demonic powers already know, these powers and principalities that you're fighting with, they already know what's going to happen to them. They're going to be, these are the fallen angels. Uh, Bonnie made a point Sunday morning. If only one-third of the angels fell and two-thirds still stayed in heaven, why are people so scared of the one-third when the two-thirds are still in heaven and they're helping us and they're sent to the heirs of salvation to minister to us and to minister God's will in the kingdom of God? Amen. But see what people are doing. <clears throat> they're giving power to Satan. Mm -hmm. 
They're giving power to the evil devil, evil demons that fell, yes. evil angels. Yes. That's where they're giving the power when they preach that. They should be preaching and telling you that God has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels in heaven and on earth who are here to help us and bless us. Amen. And that you have already been given authority over the evil angels because God's going to lock them up and chain them away. Amen. <laughs> Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, but set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. The three groups named. The Lord saved the people out of Egypt and afterward, afterward destroyed them that did not believe. Number two, fallen angels are in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Number three, Sodom and Gomorrah are suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. United States of America, our sin. We have all three. Mm -hmm. In the church. Yes. I saw on Facebook, I don't know if it's true or not true. I didn't look it up, but that there were probably about 10 pastors who were validating um, homosexuality in their church, and they were validating the uh, killing of babies who were full church. Oh, God. church? Pastors, supposedly, called pastors. Yeah. Okay, so why do I need to preach to you? It's in your midst. Right. It's in our nation. Each one of these groups has been highly favored by the Lord. They had all been guilty of presumption, lack of faith, or gross immorality, and they had all paid a dreadful penalty. First and third examples are biblical, Numbers 14 and Genesis 19. But the second, them that have fallen, angels, is drawn from a non-canonical book, such as 1 Enoch, chapter 6 through 10. It is my persuasion, and when I tell y'all that, that means it's not everybody believes what I believe. Since it's in the canon of Holy Scripture, in the book of Jude, as well as referred to in Genesis 6, 1 through 4, that this is factual. Okay. Jude brought what was written in a book, and he brought it into the canon of Holy Scripture. But he brought it from what some what, what was written, and he made and he said, This is fact, and put it in the Holy Writ. My my persuasion, believe what you want to. So what you're saying is that whatever is in the Apocrypha, if it's written in canon, it's also true. Because see, he had the judgment mm -hmm. to know the difference. Right. Because of having walked so closely with Jesus. Mm. He had the judgment and the discernment to know that what he wrote was the holy word of God. Mm -hmm. 
we, we to believe that, we believe the whole whole Bible is, which I do. Okay, here we go. Nothing, nothing deep about this, right? <laughs> the angels who abandoned the heavenly realm came to earth to have intercourse with women in order to corrupt the godly lineage of Seth. That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Yes. Cain had, and we, and we know this in the, in, the, in the book of Genesis. Cain had already gone into the darkness of sin. The godly line of Seth would one day bring forth Noah and from his seed Shem. Jesus would eventually be born from the godly line of Seth. You can see why be he continually when we studied Enoch and we studied uh, not Enoch Nehemiah uh, and Ezra it was this continual process of separating out the pure seed because Satan has been trying to corrupt the seed from the beginning because if he can corrupt the seed then the, pure the purity of the line of Jesus Christ could not come to the earth the rebellious rank of angels mentioned here had sex with women who then gave birth to the Nephilim. The sin was one of the significant causes for the flood. The fallen angels usurped the rights and prerogatives of human beings. For this special sin of fornication, the angels are now bound in Taurus. Group of angels, whoever they did, they're already bound up down there. I didn't go into Tartarus, but maybe I will one day. The uh, date has a really good description of Tartarus. The fire which destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, Jude describes as eternal. This is a description of the fires of hell. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah. That is Sodom and Gomorrah, who, as the angels did, gave themselves over to fornication and went after strange flesh, are set forth as examples of eternal punishment. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was out of sodomy, of living contrary to nature. Here, fornication is used of homosexuality and sexual perversion. Accepted in our culture, a law in the land. Laws in the land that you can kill full-term babies. Laws in the land that brought on the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. You see why we have to preach this word? Do you see why we have to stand in it? Do you see why we have to preserve it? Eight through nine. Boy, God, witness on that, whatever I said. Yes, Jesus. Holiness just came in. No, no.
can keep on here. Do y'all feel this? It's hard to stand up up here. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, did not dare bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. There are many, many times when Satan comes at you and you know you're dealing with Satan. I'll just say, the Lord rebuke you and I'll keep going. Mm -hmm. These corrupt and pollute the natural realm and reject the spiritual realms of governmental power and repeatedly scoff at heavenly glories. Okay. Heavenly glories will be scoffed at. The phrase, these dreamers, may suggest that these men claim their actions were justified by dreams or visions they had received. We certainly believe in this church and see your gift of dreams and visions. However, if dreams and visions do not align with the Word of God, and if God gives you a dream, and if God gives you a vision, you can take it to the Word. You can take it to the Word of God and interpret it. And when God gives you a dream or a vision that is directive, or He's telling you something that's coming forth in your life, you're going to get three witnesses on it. You will get three witnesses from somewhere. Everything God does, he will give you three witnesses. Yes. With their arrogance, that's one of the ways you know it's from God. Jude contrasts the behavior of the archangel Michael when challenging Satan himself. Satan would not speak arrogantly even to the devil. Jude 10 through 13. I've been accused of being arrogant. <laughs> I just want to get this straight right now. Don't confuse my boldness with right. the, my boldness with, with handling the word of God with arrogance. Because right. I stay within the authority of the word. But these speak evil of those things which they do not know. <coughs> Okay, be very careful of speaking evil of what you do not know. Making assumptions and presumptions. You know how much presuming goes on in the name of prophecy and the discerning of spirits? People interpret things according to their understanding and state it as fact. I'll start this over. But these speak evil of those things which they do not know, but what they know naturally. Okay, we were having a conversation Sunday night, and I probably preached on this, I don't know. The difference between a word of God coming out of our spirit or coming out of our sanctified soul. That which comes out of our sanctified soul is maybe something that we know, wisdom that we've learned, which is good. But our soul has been sanctified 
are the word of God's coming forth from our sanctified soul. And when we speak it and bring it forth, if it's coming from our sanctified soul, God honors it. A, the death, where our carnal soul is dead. But that which comes forth out of our spirit is coming direct from the mouth of God. That's good. And you can be a, you can check and you can discern the difference. But you don't dishonor, and you are in my church, I can tell. Pretty much, when it's coming out of your sanctified soul, which is good, I can tell the difference, and and we respect what people say coming out of their sanctified soul. Mm -hmm. Maybe your wisdom, maybe your experiences that have been sanctified by walking it out with God. Okay, just moving on there. Lord Jesus, what am I doing? Honey, oh, there's a big clock up there. Okay, I got a few minutes here. Y'all bored yet? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Where did I get to, Henry? You still on Jude, Jude 10, 13? Okay, and I got to corrupt themselves. I didn't, get, I didn't get very far, did I? No. They corrupt themselves. <laughs> Woe unto them. <laughs> For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the era of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your love feast, and when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withers, Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the seas, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. You know, Jude didn't have to say a whole lot. He didn't have to write about ten pages. <laughs> he just put it all down there in the paragraph. Did he kill me? <laughs> Attention is again drawn to the licentious behavior of the pseudo-Christians. Furthermore, they are identified with Cain by ungodly motives and angers like Balaam and by a rebellion against the divine authority like Korah. Korah Miriam says, we're all anointed. And God says, you have Juno Moses. I just put this hole over here, you're going to fall in it, Cora. And all those that follow you. Balaam's era, too, because of their greedy pursuit of financial gain. People, you do not go into the ministry thinking you're going to support yourself. <laughs> you do not go into the ministry thinking that you're going to enhance your financial situation. You go into the ministry, and if you're doing what God wants you to do, he's going to support you. Amen. And he will cause people to support you. Amen. But it's God who does the supporting. Right. Oh, there are so many people out there that they think, well, maybe this is the easy way for me to make a living. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be doing something for God to hire you. Um. And, and don't say, people are just going to hand over their money to you because 
uh, you set up and stand at a pulpit. <laughs> you stand up at that pulpit and preach because you love Jesus Christ, you love his word, you love his people, and you can't help preaching it. Yeah. <clears throat> Such men are certainly blemishes and dangerous. <clears throat> the term love feats denotes the fellowship meals of the early church in the course of which the Lord's Supper was often celebrated. We might call some of these Jesus parties today for people just going to have a Jesus party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just going to have a party. Evidently, these men had permeated to the very center of Christian church fellowship. And they had gotten into it. And, you know, once you know somebody, you love them. Some of them probably gained positions of leadership. Maybe they had good personalities. Feed only themselves literally. They mean shepherding themselves. They are not in, in, they do not submit themselves to anyone. They just shepherd themselves. The metaphors are self-explanatory. Twice dead means first dead in sins, and after professing conversions, conversion still dead to good works. The final metaphor. Wandering stars means meteors floating about without direction and guidance. Clouds without water do not carry or speak the true refreshing showers of truth. They're carried away by their passion and licentiousness, by their own lust and their own desires. Trees that are diseased and fruitless, raging waves of the sea, me out of the wickedness and shame like a troubled sea. Verse 14. And Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, The whole of the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust. And they mouth great smelling, swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. They will um, endear themselves to you. We're loving people. If I meet you, I'm going to love you. You know? Y'all, I'm, I'm talking about some people y'all know. I can tell by your faces. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. See how he does not identify himself with one of the apostles? He's identifying himself as separate from the apostles. But they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their ungodly lust. Passion translation. These people are always complaining and never satisfied. Finding fault with everyone. Have you seen the discerners coming into a church? They come in to discern. What are discern the fruit of the church? But when they leave out for the music, 
just wasn't quite to my taste. I didn't like that kind of music. <laughs> there are 50 different kinds of Christian music. <laughs> and they say, if it worships Jesus, it's for me, it's all good. Some I like better than others. Well, the white songs that are written in heaven and come down. Mm -hmm. Are they walking into the church? Well, I didn't get a word today. Well, were you listening to the sermon? He or she might have said something to you out of that sermon. Yes. <laughs> these, are, these are these people. And when they go out of the church service and they begin to murmur and talk like this, right. mm -hmm. this is what you're dealing with. But then he tells us, you know, try to help the best we can. I'll get there in it. <laughs> they follow their own evil desires. And their mouth speaks scandalous things. They enjoy using seductive flattery to manipulate others. Manipulation is a sin of witchcraft. Any way, form, or fashion, I don't care which way you use it. Any kind of manipulation is deception and a form of witchcraft. Do not manipulate people with your words. Do not manipulate people with your actions. Okay, here's a prophecy given at Elam Summer Bible Camp. I've read part of this. I'm not going to read all of this. It's too much. You can read it later. But it goes right down through here. And it, I mean, he could have preached this whole thing. This prophecy was given in 1965. Wow. 1965. And I can't teach or preach any higher on Jews than this prophecy. I, just, I warn you to search the scriptures. Now, this was given as prophecy. Diligent concerning these last days, for the things that are written shall indeed be manifested. But that which is written in Scripture will be manifested. There shall come deceivers among my people in increasing numbers, who speak for the truth and shall gain the favor and the hearts of the people. For the people shall examine the Scriptures and say, Is that is not what these men say true? And when they have gained the hearts of the people, and then and only then shall they bring out their wrong doctrines. Mm -hmm. Therefore I say unto you and warn you, O people, do not give your hearts to such men or women, or hold people in admiration. For by these very persons shall Satan enter into my people. Watch for the seducers. Do you think a seducer will brandish a new heresy and flaunt it before the people? No. He will speak the words of righteousness and truth and will appear as a minister of light, yes. declaring the word. Amen. And the people's hearts shall be won over by their words. Then when their hearts are won, they shall bring out their doctrines, and the people shall be deceived. People shall say, did he not speak this and that? Did we not examine it from the word? Therefore, he's a minister of righteousness. This that he now has spoken, though we do not see it in the word, it truly must be right, for everything else he has said is true. Yes. Verse 17. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. See why it's so important, church, to be in a Bible study. 
Do you see why it's so important to sit under a Bible study where you're not studying the doctrines of a religion, the doctrines of a denomination, the doctrines that are set forth as an agenda, that, that you're taking the scripture, one verse after the other verse, and you're taking that scripture and you're breaking it down. Do you see how important that is to the church? And do you see why I don't let up? I don't let up. And it's not about how many we have. It's not about who's here. If this word has got to go out, it has got to be spoken like it was written by the apostles. And we can't change it to the to the doctrine of the 21st century culture and society. This is we have to fight and de- and declare this gospel. Amen. 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 And that's why I don't let up on these Bible studies. And I t- every Bible study I give it all I got because of this. Verse 23. I must have left something out. How they how they knew that there would be more okay, how they knew that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their ungodly lust. He's talking about the apostles. Mm-hmm. See, when Jude wrote this, he knew he was with Jesus. He was with the apostles. And he said, Hey, I gotta get this thing straightened out right now. Mm-hmm. These are sensual persons who cause division. Not having the spirit. Watch a divisive person. Watch a divisive person. They're operating by Satan. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some, have compassion, making a distinction. But others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. There have been times, and y'all may have seen me do it, when I would be praying by someone, and I'd take them, I would spiritually take them by the hair of the head and pull them out of flames and fire. We are to pull them spiritually in our prayers, pull people out of the flames of fire. We have the authority, it has been given to us, that we are to pull some out of the flames of fire. Give you a little bit more of this prophecy, y'all. I won't be, I won't do it all. Seek me continuously, and I and it's a long prophecy, and I just put, picked out sections of it. I did have it when I talked to you the last time. Seek me continuously, and when these doctrines are brought out, you shall have a witness within your heart that they are not of me. Fear not, for I have warned you. Many will be deceived. This was given in 1965. 
But if you walk in holiness and uprightness before the Lord your God, your eyes shall be opened and the Lord God shall protect you all the days of your life. That's the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will constantly look into the Lord, you will know when the doctrine changes and you will not be brought into this thing. If your heart is right, says the Lord, I will keep you. If your heart is right, says the Lord, I will keep you. Amen. So every day we've got to keep our heart right. Are we following our own lusts? Are we following our own desires? But do we have our heart toward God? And if you look constantly unto me, I will uphold you. The minister of righteousness shall be on this wise, says the Lord. His life shall agree with the word. His lips shall give forth that which is holy true. And it will be no mixture in his ministry. When the mixture appears, you will know that he is not a minister of righteousness. The deceivers speak first the truth and then error to cover their own sins which they love. They will cover a minister of the gospel who has a sin. We'll cover that sin. But now the sermon is so, there's so many prophets in the sermon so much. I don't know how people get by, but they do. People still trying to be popular or, you know. <coughs> okay, fear not, for I have given you power whereby you may tread upon the powers of darkness and come forth victorious. I declare that over the body of Christ universal. This guy, see the church has forgotten. They're scared of the powers of darkness. I said the church universal is scared of the powers of darkness. They're scared to take authority over the powers of darkness. And the Lord Jesus Christ has given his church through his blood, authority over the powers of darkness. Amen. Yes. And anyone who teaches you to be scared of demons is in error. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. But you better be prepared. Yeah, you better be wise. You better have it together. You better have your heart right. You better be walking in love. You better be walking in blood. You better have your heart right before God. You better be walking under the covering of this word mm -hmm. yes. and the covering of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> I warn you that when the glory shall be manifested, the temptations will shall be great. Oh, I've seen it. God's had me in the glory movement since 19. Well, he showed me the the glory angel, I guess, in, in the late 90s. Uh, I'll read this to you here. And I saw the people, and they took it over, and they began to use it to make money. I'll read this to you. He saw this guy wrote in 1965. I warn you that when the glory shall be manifested, the temptation shall be great until very few that start shall finish the race. All I've seen them fall. First, they shall be offered the great worldly possessions, 
prosperity, and then reviling and unbelief shall overtake them. I'm going to post this on Facebook, this one paragraph. Good. Consider your purpose in this last hour. At times, everyone shall rise up against and try with everything to turn you from the course of holiness. Mm -hmm. It is written of me that I set my face as flint to go the direction my father has prescribed for me. So hear the word of the Lord. If you are to finish the race with great victory and glory, you must determine to set your face as flint with great determination. You must walk in the course laid before you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Many of your loved ones and those who follow with you shall persecute you. Mm -hmm. And just count on it. Yeah. And even try to turn you from your course. Mm -hmm. With many words that seem right in the natural mind, oh, they shall try to right. turn you. Right. Did not Christ rebuke Peter, mm -hmm. who yes. tried to turn him off course yes. that God had prescribed for him? The persecution and the darkness shall be great as the glory. It shall be as great as the glory. In order to try to turn the elect and the anointed ones from the path which the Lord God has laid down for them. Watch the persecution of Donald J. Trump mm -hmm. as he stands publicly for the church. Mm -hmm. Many shall start, but few shall be able to finish the course because of the greatness of grace that shall be needed in that hour to endure to the end. The temptations and the persecution of your Lord were continuous. He was tempted by Satan in many forms through him, and he listened not, but he laid down his life upon the cross. The Lord must prepare you to be an overcomer in all things, mm -hmm. that you may be able to finish the course. Amen. Persecution will increase even as the anointing shall increase. Hear these words. My grace is for sufficient for you in that hour. The paths of justice and righteousness shall the Lord God lead his people and bring them into a place which he has chosen for this time. For the Lord has chosen a place of righteousness. It is a place of holiness where he shall encamp round about them. And all who will be led of the Lord shall be, shall be brought into this holy place. For the Lord delights to dwell in his people. The Lord delights to manifest himself through his people. The holiness of the Lord shall be manifested through his people. Let the Lord lead you into difficult places. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim sent me an invitation yesterday yes, to go to D.C. with an invitation to go in with this prayer group that she's already on the board of to go into the White House. And probably... Don't mention the name of the group. Okay. Thanks. Um, I would have... At, at this age... I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't go unless, boy, i got to have a clear word of the Lord. Because I like what I do here. 
I enjoy being here. I enjoy being at the church. I enjoy interacting with what God's doing in Houston. It's a sacrifice that I leave every time. Didn't used to be that way. When I was in my 50s and 60s, somebody said, go, I was ready. Jump on that airplane and here I go, I'm ready. But see, it's not really serving the Lord unless there's a sacrifice. And so when I got the message from her last night, I had been working with a Bible study. And um, I saw John Mark Poole standing in front of me. And he said, uh, Carolyn, that doctor Knight is going to open a door for you to go to D6. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that was just that fast, how fast Mm -hmm. that came. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote her back a little, okay. (laughs) All I said, just said, okay. And so, I'm sure she was shocked. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to go through any, well, let me check my calendar, let me check uh-huh. the and yeah, let me do this. I, I'll get back with I just said, okay. Do we know when? Yep, March the 8th. So I'll leave on a Wednesday, come back on Saturday, be Friday. Nobody would want to go to D.C. in March. First week of March, you know it just to be going, but the weather's still bad. But um, this is a divine appointment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she had one spot that could go into the White House. Wow. So. It's the Lord. Um, That's your yes, yes. And um, <laughs> so I said, okay. And then my, this morning, when Sonia came over here, she was co- uh, contacting Sonia. I had to fill out paperwork this morning before I left the house to get approved to go in, and it got approved. Well, I, well, I was here in Bible study uh, that I got cleared to go. Hallelujah. Okay, what brought me to that? It yeah, makes us very happy, Carolyn. I just want you to know that. Let the Lord lead you into difficult places. Okay, go ahead and turn it off, Sonia. <laughs>